One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. Um, I want to talk to you today about um, a little bit about what we kind of dug into last night. Um, you know, I talked a lot about vision, right? Um, the Lord, the Lord says, without vision, the people perish. Amen. And so He centered. He's trying to center the church around being connected to His vision. And if you're in His vision, you're unstoppable. If you're trying, if you're trying to build something that looks worldly or, or something that looks uh, what you think the church is supposed to look like, or what your call and your perspective is supposed to look like, oftentimes people get discouraged. They they wonder in you know places. They don't know exactly what they're supposed to do, and they're really they're trying to do good, but they're really setting themselves up for failure. Because if you're not in the will of the Lord, if if you if He hasn't revealed His vision to you, just because you um, think you're doing something that's good or something that's right according to your perspective of Scripture, that may not be the will of the Lord for you. And that gets back to the reality that there is a destiny for every one of you. Okay? In uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, it talks about uh, that destiny is locked inside the heart of a man, and only the Lord Himself can unlock it. And what that means is you can't just open a Bible, start reading the Bible, and expect you to discover or find or pick around like a menu what you think you're supposed to do or where you think you're supposed to go or all that kind of stuff right there's a lot of there's a lot of people even launched in the ministry that do it because they feel the action of the lord but they don't hear the specific vision and direction that the lord is putting that individual on and they set themselves up for failure okay so it goes back to the centerpiece of you in relationship with Christ in the power of the Holy Ghost, you are equipped to hear the voice of the Lord. And when he gives you the vision and he starts to uh, lay the vision out for your life and the connection with the group of people you're in, the vision is the fuel that does the supernatural, right? Yes. So it's, it's not in your own strength. It's in the vision. It's in what the, the will of the Lord is that reveals and unleashes the power into where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do. Amen. Okay? Um, and, I, you know, I just want to talk to you about, um, you know, people ask me about uh, seeing the glory of, the, of God, seeing the uh, power of God versus, you know, why do I go into certain churches and I hear guys talk about biblical scripture and nothing happens, but then you go into places and people start ministering prophetically, um, and you see people get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you see people get filled with the Holy Ghost, you you see people um, being equipped with gifts and supernatural things, and it all comes down to um, doing the will of the Lord, meaning that He drops a vision in your heart, and you say, whatever whatever it is, Lord, I'm going to go do it, right? And all, all power is in the vision, okay? Um, and we're going to get to, we're going to talk a lot today about the church really being fully equipped, right? Because the will of the Lord is that every one of you 
dreams, dreams, and sees visions. Right? Joel 2.28, the prophecy was that when Christ comes, He pours out His Spirit upon you. The whole intent of Christ's coming is not, you know, the whole the old religious idea of, of why Jesus came was because you were a bad person and you needed cleaned up. And that's not the picture. The full picture is Christ was resurrected by the Spirit. He pours the Spirit out on you. And when He pours the Spirit out on you, you become supernatural just like He was. And you see the vision of the Lord. In, in John 5.19, the Pharisees who followed the law, the Scripture, right? Their interpretation of it, they made it what they wanted it to be. And they were confounded by the way Jesus did it. In, yeah. in John 5.19, Jesus says, I only do what I see my Father doing. Meaning that Jesus was directed everywhere he went. One day I'm going to the woman at the well. One day I'm feeding the 5,000. The next day I'm going to the demoniac, right? I'm going to deliver the demoniac. How did he do it? He was led by the vision of the Lord everywhere he went. He knew where, when, and how, right? Right place, right time, right message for the right people. Right time, right place, right message for the right people, right? That's wisdom. That is... You know exactly where you're supposed to be doing the exact same or the exact thing that the Lord wants you to do to actually release the supernatural on earth. Okay? And the best illustration of that is um, when uh, you read Jeremiah chapter 1, you read about the call of Jeremiah. That call of Jeremiah as a prophetic voice is a picture of every one of you being called by the Lord. Okay? And I'm going to read. A, I'm going to read a couple uh, lines out of here because when you know when when the Lord comes on uh, Jeremiah, his reaction is exactly what every one of you will go through in your progression to embracing the full the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Okay, Jeremiah says when the Lord comes to Jeremiah, the first thing Jeremiah says, "I'm just a youth. I'm afraid. I can't do it. There's no way." Right? And the Lord basically says, "No, no, no. Don't whine." I'm going to make it, I'm going to make you supernatural, right? And you get down to Jeremiah chapter one, verse nine. He says, behold, I've put my words, meaning my visions and my dreams in your mouth. Verse 10, see, uh, I have this day set you over nations and over kingdoms to root out, to pull down, destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. Meaning that the vision that he gives you actually has the power to confront the demonic, confront spiritual blindness, confront religion, rip that all out, and build and plant the intent and purpose of the Lord, right? Yes. So if I speak to Shelley and um, I begin to say that the Lord, there's a call of God on your life, and uh, you're, you're going to be uh, working with alcoholics, and, and you're going to be doing this and this and this, um, it doesn't matter what Shelley doesn't think she can do. It doesn't matter what she can't do. It doesn't matter that she's tormented at night or has fear or all that stuff. The prophecy itself actually roots out, tears down and destroys yeah. what she can't do and actually builds and plants and establishes yes. the will of the Lord, which actually produces something that did not exist. Yes, right. come right? on. So prophecy is connecting to the heart of the Lord to the books written of heaven. How many of you know there's already a book written about you in heaven? Okay? Right? That, that it, it, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, it talks about Jesus saying, Behold, the books written of me. I come to do your will, O Lord. There are books of destiny. The path that the Lord has planned for your life that the prophetic anointing connects into 
and reveals. Okay, when I prophesy over people, I'm not just pulling things out of the air and saying, I think you're supposed to do this or pulling a couple of scriptures out. I don't speak unless the Lord gives me a vision. Amen. It's just, I, I, I've done it so much, like last night, if, if you know, those of you who, who saw, I mean, when, when I pull people up, the Lord just, I've done it so much, the Lord starts to speak to me immediately about people, right? And that's, that's, that's about the, the connection to the Holy Ghost. But it's about um, the power of the prophetic anointing is actually tearing down, destroying, ripping out the lies all the whispering demonic voices, all those lies that you were born with or what your limits are, and building, establishing, and planting, and revealing what the Lord says you are. It doesn't matter what the world defines you as. What matters is what the Lord is revealing to you. This is what you are, right? So this supernatural power um, of the prophetic is something that the Lord actually, you know, Paul as a father... In 1 Corinthians 14, he's looking at the church and he's saying, you have to understand the power of vision. You have to. It's not an optional thing. I don't care if you try to understand all this scripture and have all these doctrines and have all this workings of of what makes a church function. If you don't have the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost, you're wasting your time. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Right? In verse 5, Paul says, I pray in tongues. I wish you all pray in tongues, even more that you prophesy. Right? You continue down in the chapter, he says, I pray in tongues more than you all. He's imploring you, pray, pray, pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost, because it will produce the vision of the Lord in your heart. Amen. Amen. Right? And so embracing that, when I when I travel to places and I, and I do this kind of thing, the biggest thing that, that we have to root out, tear down, and destroy is a false theology, a false Christian perspective of what the church is, what you are, what your limitations are. All that stuff needs ripped out because the Lord is in this hour awakening people, awakening people to be supernatural, meaning that you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you embrace the way of the Holy Ghost, you embrace the way of spiritual prayer, you pray in the Holy Ghost, and when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you expect the Lord to drop vision, which produces the power of prophecy, right? Amen? So the most powerful person on earth, earth, yeah, earth, earth, is not, you know, Mr. Great Apostle guy or Mr. Great Pastor guy or you know all these perspectives of what we we have um, in terms of hierarchy in the church. The most powerful person in the church is the person that hears the voice of the Lord. The prophetic voice. The prophetic voice is releasing the Lord's will in the time, in the moment, the situation. It doesn't matter how pretty the sermon is. It doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter how it makes everybody feel good or tickles people's ears. What matters is you've got a vision in your heart from the Lord and you're speaking the will of God. Amen. That's what transforms and transfigures and makes people into what the Lord says they are, equipping the people to do the supernatural. Amen? Amen. So con- continuing on the power of vision when it when the Lord was equipping Jeremiah um, in verse 11, it says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to uh, Jeremiah saying, what do you see? Right. He's given Jeremiah a vision. He says, what do you see? And and 
Jeremiah says, I see an almond branch. And, and the Lord says, you see well, for I am ready to execute the vision. Amen. So it's not about you having to like do it, right? It's actually in your relationship, in hearing the Lord, in praying in His presence. When He drops a vision in your heart, He's already executed it. Okay? What did we talk about last night, Matthew 16? Jesus said, I will give you the keys, and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. And whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. That's Jeremiah. What do you see, Jeremiah? You have seen well, for I am ready to execute it. Right? Amen. So the most powerful thing you can have a revelation in is seeing the vision of the Lord. Yes. When you see the vision of the Lord, it's finished. It's over. It's already bound. It's already loosed. It's already. And he's looking for somebody to trust and believe in what he shows you. Are you with me, church? Amen. <laughs> right? That's that's the power of an army. Okay, that's the power of one person that is so believing in the Lord that will do and trust in what the Lord shows him. Okay. Um, you know, I tell a lot of stories in my books about some of the supernatural things that happen in India and different church places I go to. And um, you know, whenever I whenever I went to uh, India, the way I went to India was a dream. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Who in their right mind would pack a suitcase and be ready to go to India in a dream? That That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, who would do that? Unless you believe what I just explained to you. Come on, Lord, give me a dream. Just give me a dream. Just give me one vision. Just give me one. All I need is one. Because if you, give me, if you let me see it, you've already made it happen. You've already made it happen. Come on, I just need a vision. Why do you pray? Why? Why do I why do I hunger and thirst to pray in his presence? Because if I just get one vision. If I just get one. Just speak to me one time. Because I know if you just like Jeremiah, you said if I let you see it, I will execute it. Come on, baby. Come on, man. Come on. What would your world look like if you believed like that? All I need is a vision, Lord. I'm, God, I'm waking up. I'm setting my alarm from, for the next 30 days. I'm at 4 a.m. and I'm going to sit in your presence until you speak. I'm going to knock on your door and I'm praying fast until you speak. Because if I get a vision, if I get a vision, something's going to shake. Something's going to happen. Something's going to be set free. Something's going to be awakened. Yes. Are you with me, church? Yes. You see... I'm minding my own business, praying like a madman. I told, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking about this today because I had people come up to me last night saying, you pray in tongues six hours a day for a, week, for a year? Uh, yeah, because that's what he asked me to do. And it changed my life. It completely changed my life because I, I, I entered a realm of the supernatural. I started seeing angels. I started encountering uh, demonic powers and casting out devils and doing supernatural things. Because the Lord led me to pray supernaturally for a season. And it opened up the spirit realm to me in a way that I couldn't. As a regular church folk, 
Yeah. Listening to a crazy guy like me speak. What do you mean vision? What do you mean if you just get a vision? How, how does that work? What do you mean just you put it down six hours a day? Well, until I have the season of impartation from heaven, and that's really what the kingdom is about. Yes. It's about impartation. Yep. See, religious guys read the Bible and try to memorize and, and try to achieve it or try to attain it, try to make it happen. And the Lord says, sit in my presence because I'm, yes. I'm opening you yes. to the spirit realm. Yes. Yes. I'm going to yes. impart power to you. I'm going to impart vision to you. I'm going to impart supernatural giftings and destinies and purposes yes. to you. Amen. Is there any spiritual people in here? <laughs> yes. huh? Are there any spiritual people in here? You see, when the Lord came to me in a dream... Um, and I'll cut the dream short for you. Um, he, he laid a cloth on me in the dream um, and he put a, a one page book in on, on top of me and he woke me up in the dream. And, and the book, he read the book to me. It said, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, baptize people in the power of the Holy Ghost. And he looked at me in the eye and he said, a man from India will call you, go. Boom, man, I wake up. The hair in my arms is standing up. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, Shelly, my goodness, India. What? Who, who in the right mind would go to India? I don't want to go to India. Right? <laughs> Seven days later, I kid you not, I get this phone call. David, David, I saw you preaching on YouTube and you are to come to India. What? Oh my gosh. What? I get it. I have to go. I have to go. Right? And, you know, that happened at the end of 2015. And since that time, um, I've worked, I, I, you know, standing in front of thousands and thousands of people in India. I've seen over 150,000 people baptized in the Holy Ghost in India. I've worked with over 6,000 pastors. 6,000 pastors baptized in the Holy Ghost from a dream. One dream. Are you with me, guys? Yes. Come on. How powerful is the vision? How powerful is the dream and the vision? So what do you center your life around? Looking good, fitting in with the crowd at church, going through the routines, doing the mundane. Huh? Just playing the part. You don't want to get too crazy. You don't want to get too wild like that guy last night. Huh? Who was that guy last night? He was... I don't know who that guy was last night, right? But you get my point, right? Are you really spiritual? Because Jesus said, I will baptize you in my spirit. He didn't say, I will baptize you in my scripture. That's right. He said, I'll baptize you in my spirit. Yes. And if you seek me, I will paint, I will reform your life. That's what a vision is. He reforms you. He tears down, he breaks down the lie. He rips out what you can't do. And he builds and plants. He establishes your destiny. Because he baptized you in the Holy Ghost. He equipped you to pray. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, he answers you. And so we're going to dig into what that actually means. Why, why does he make people pray in tongues? Does the Lord actually make you pray in tongues? No, he doesn't make you. But why does he give you his ability to pray through you? Amen. Think about it, right? Think about it, because that's a very important question. But, um, you know, the glory, I'll get into explaining that here in a minute, but there's a glory attached to vision, okay? There is something supernatural attached to the vision that you can't create on your own by piecing together a bunch of scriptures and, you know, connecting and relating it in certain ways and somehow 
there's a glory connected to vision. Yes. Right? And, and that glory manifests in different ways. Right? Sometimes you feel the heat of God. Sometimes you uh, have holy laughter. Sometimes you um, are just overcome with peace. Right? Sometimes demons are coming out of people. Right? There's different glories. Um, on one of my first missions to India, um, I, uh, I went to bed on like a re- regular night about 2, 2 a.m. after a crusade. I had a pastor's conference scheduled the next morning at, at uh, 10 a.m. And uh, I'm just praying, Lord, please, please make this feel like 12 hours of sleep, right? And so um, I have this dream. And I wake up in this dream, um, uh, and, and the Lord um, is in this hotel that I'm, that I'm staying at in India. And he walks me down the hall. He... Uh, uh, knocks and opens a door for me to walk in a, into a room and I look laying in bed is a dead man and Jesus turns and looks at me and he says can these bones live I said yeah these bones can live he goes pray for him and the guy sits up okay walks me down the hall to another room opens it uh, there's another dead man laying in bed he says can these bones live I said yeah he goes pray for it Right, and this happened several times. Um, and I wake up the next day, and I knew exactly what he wanted me to do. I mean, I, I went to a scripture, right? You, you you know the Kenny's bones live scripture, right? Yeah. Ezekiel thirty-seven, right? That's a pretty pretty popular uh, spiritual uh, positioning type of scripture. But the difference is, the Lord gave me a dream and pointed me of what He wanted me to talk about the next day yeah. to equip pastors okay and so what happened the next day was that um i started i I had an interpreter um and i'm talking about ezekiel 37 um i'm talking about the wind of the holy ghost coming uh prophesying to the dead bones right not only did he prophesy to the dead bones and the and the flesh came on the bones but then the lord says prophesy to the wind why did he say prophesy to the wind we said prophesy to the wind because people need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, that they're not just men of flesh, that they're men that are made supernatural in the power of the Holy Ghost, yeah. right? And so I'm, I'm teaching on this because the Lord gave me a vision. And as I'm teaching on this, it's, it's like the wind began to swirl in, in this place. Okay, and there was a glory. There was a presence of the Lord that was so supernatural that it's like I'm I'm preaching and I'm fired up, kind of like last night, right? I'm 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 I'm, you know praying for people and supernatural things are happening, and um, all of a sudden my interpreter gets like undone in the Holy Ghost, and boom, my interpreter falls down. So we pulled up another guy that can interpret English, and I'm gone, man. I'm praying for people. I'm prophesying. That interpreter falls down, okay? And so it got so wild and, and you know, crazy in the spirit that um, we were only supposed to have a morning session. Well, they ran down the road, rented another hall, and the, the 150 pastors literally all walked down the road, got in the hall, and I started preaching again. I started preaching, prophesying, doing ministry stuff, right? Because the Lord gave me a vision and said he was going to awaken dead men to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and do supernatural things. And so all afternoon, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and it's like, oh my God, interpreter falls, 
get another one. Interpreter falls, get another one. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, 5 o'clock, we have to eat something. But we're getting another hall tonight. They go down and they rent another hall. And I preach to the same 150 guys the equivalent of about 10 hours in one day. Okay? And they're all weeping. They're crying. They're like, "Ah," and boom, another interpreter falls. Right? What's the power of vision? What, what, how, how does glory come in the room? Right? How, how do you release something that you uh, don't necessarily carry on your own? You partner with the, with the king of glory. Yes. Right? Amen. And that's what prophetic vision really is. You partnering with the king of glory. Absolutely. It's not It's not your ability. It's not your power. It's actually his and he's looking for you to be the gate, right? He's looking for you to be the gate of glory. He's looking for you to be the gate that releases heaven. Why did Jesus say, I'll give you the keys and the gates of hell will not prevail? Why? Because you know that you are the gate of heaven. And that when you swing open the gate, that the king of glory comes in and the darkness cannot resist the power of the king of glory. Right? Yeah, so um, you're getting the picture, right? You're getting the picture. Um, so, you know, there's this, uh, there's, a, there's a pattern, right? I'm talking to you about spiritual patterns last night and this morning. And um, we talked about Pentecost, right? The wind of heaven came, they prayed in tongues, then prophesied. Acts chapter 19, Paul sees the guys in Ephesus and he says, do you know the baptism of Jesus Christ? And they say, no, we were baptized in repentance, but we haven't been baptized in Christ, meaning they haven't been baptized in the Holy Ghost, right? Paul lays his hands on them. They all start praying in tongues and prophesying, right? So we have this pattern of spiritual prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost, and prophecy being a product of your spiritual prayer, right? So how many people in here pray in the Holy Ghost? Do you pray in tongues just when you come to church? No. Do you pray in tongues a couple times a week? Do you pray in tongues every day? Yes. Right? So do you recognize it as a spiritual weapon? Yes. As the most powerful spiritual weapon there is? Right? I mean, think about it. Why would the Lord give you this thing that you can't do on your own, but it requires you to submit to the Spirit and partner with the Spirit to pray supernaturally in the Holy Ghost. Why would He do that? Well, you know, he um, he, but He does. He builds us up. But, you know, man will never be able to do this by himself. Right. That's the point of the new covenant, right? It's impossible to accomplish supernatural things without partnering with the Holy Ghost. Right? And so the supernatural is connected to a prayer life. This pattern is something that like I said, you know, Paul implores the church in, in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Yes. So your prayer life is connected to an expectation that you become the most dominant force on earth because you get the vision of the Lord because you pray and knock on heaven's door and you pray and pray and pray with an expectation that because you prayed in the Holy Ghost, visions get dropped in your heart. And he makes you supernatural as you as you prophesy, as, as you minister in the gifts of the Spirit, right? Yes. Amen. Amen. And so this pattern, Paul's imploring the church. Um, he gets he gets into chapter uh, verse five, and he says, 
Um, he goes, I desire, I wish you all pray in tongues even more than you prophesy, right? He goes, he goes on down around verse 17, 18, 19. He starts talking. He goes, I pray in tongues more than you all, right? He's giving them an example. He goes, he goes, I don't, I'm not worried about setting up church doctrines and, and setting up structures and organizations. Those are important, but he's taking the time to talk about what's making Paul supernatural is that I pray and I pray and I pray in the Holy Ghost, right? And because I pray in the Holy Ghost, visions get dropped in my heart, dead men come to life, pastors get anointed, deliverance ministers get awakened, right? Supernat- the supernatural is the centerpiece of the church because the church knows that life comes from the voice. Amen. Right? Amen. Life comes from the voice. Yes. There is, there is no supplement or substitute for the direct voice of the Lord. Right? I mean, you can walk down the street to doctrinal places that refuse the Holy Spirit, and because you're spiritual people, you can quickly discern, oh my gosh, there's no life in here. Yes. They're going through the routines. They're going through the patterns. They look the part, but they have no power. Yes. Second or uh, Second Timothy chapter three, Paul says, "Beware of powerless men. Yes. Beware of them." <clears throat> Jesus actually, Jesus actually said, "If you don't see the signs and wonders, don't believe." Oh. Right? Yes. Those are his words. So you got to ask yourself: Am I real or am I fake? That's right. Am I dead or am I alive? That's right. Am I seeing visions like Jeremiah or am I not? Right? And you may say, well, that's kind of a harsh statement. No, I'm actually coming to you as an evangelist to the church to determine and help you be awakened in the power of the Holy Ghost yes. because Jesus said that the evidence would be demonstrated in the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, that they right. would actually fear the church instead of you, oh my God, I'm shaking in fear. What am I going to do? I'm going, uh, you know, uh, maybe we shouldn't meet. <laughs> maybe we just shouldn't meet for the next year. Because I'm afraid. Oh uh oh, wait, I'm, I'm meddling in some things. Come on, no, <laughs> But a man of vision. A man of power, a man of prayer doesn't fear anything of government, doesn't fear anything of the world, doesn't fear anything of a, of a, of a biological concern, anything. That's right. Come on, church. My God, I have a prayer life. I know the maker of men. I know the resurrection from the dead. I know the one who will drop a vision on me and awaken and call men to life. Can these bones live? And I, I think yes. that's what the Lord is asking you today. Can these bones live? Yes. Yes. You see, if you have the life of Christ in you, the vision of the Lord, then it doesn't matter what the world has. It doesn't matter what the limitation is. If you get a vision, if you have the source of the most powerful force of the earth. Amen? I'm trying. Help me out. Help me out. But you see, there's a science. You've, you've heard a couple guys on TV for a couple of years talking about follow-up science. I'm going to talk to you about spiritual science. You, you want to know the Lord's science? So you have this father of the church practically begging the church yeah. to become spiritual 
and not default back to being routines and doctrines and traditions and organizational structures and hierarchies and you can do this and you can't do this. He wants people to say, oh my God, I'm knocking on heaven's door. We have an intercessor team and it just doesn't meet on Thursday nights when it doesn't snow once a month. Our intercession team meets five nights a week and we beat on heaven's door for, for five hours because we know that the outpouring is going to happen because yeah. Sister Teresa and, and John, Johnny prophetic guy got visions from the Lord and they say we're supposed to go east and we're supposed to take all that land on that block and knock on doors because I saw I saw the vision of the Lord saying if we knock on doors they're going to begin just they're just going to fall over because of the presence of the Lord. I had a vision. I mean, what if your intercessory team was the centerpiece of the church? Because they prayed in the Holy Ghost, and you knew they heard from the Lord, and you and, and 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 you're like, hey, what did you guys get last night? What did the Lord show you? Right? And better yet, maybe if all the leadership team was on the intercessory, that's the intercessory that's right. team, that's right. and actually were out of a burning, out of a burn. I know I'm meddling. I'm, I'm kind of getting into some people's business, but you know what? What if? The leadership and the whole thing was like, oh my God, I have a revelation. Yeah. That if we pray, we're going to knock on heaven's door and the Lord is going to show up and shake the earth. I don't have to worry about what to preach on Sunday because I felt the fire of God on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And this is just going to flow out of me. Yeah. (laughs) My God, what would we look like? Praise God. Woo! Come on, man. I mean, there's a wind in here, right? <laughs> the Lord's washing some stuff off, off, off the people here today, right? But uh, there's a science behind prayer. And um, you got to believe in the way of the Lord, okay? The Lord, the Lord, I says, the Lord's a mystery. You can't understand Him. You don't, you don't know how and why, but He does reveal the way. He yes, does reveal yeah. the way in supernatural spiritual prayer, right? Paul, Paul's talking in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 20. Um, he's, he's talking about getting understanding. And he says, brethren, do not be children in understanding. Okay. However, in malice, be babes, but in understanding, be mature. Okay. So he's talking to you about where to get understanding and how to get understanding. How to get vision. How he's setting you up for the science behind the Holy Ghost. Okay? He's talking about the way into the supernatural. Don't be a child. Don't be a child and just memorize scripture. Amen. Say it again. Amen. God, I feel my my hand is starting to tingle. Don't be a child and just settle for a powerless form of what is supposed to be the most powerful thing on the earth. The witch doctors shaking, right? The, the, the soothsayers tremoring because somebody on the same block is praying in the Holy Ghost, getting a word of knowledge, knocking on somebody's door and saying, I, I heard the Lord say, you right now are doing incantations and you're searching. You think you're in the most powerful thing, but you say, no, you, the Lord is calling you out of witchcraft to be a prophet for his kingdom. Yes. Because somebody prayed on the block in the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So back to the science. <laughs> Verse 21, in the law, it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to the people. 
Okay? That's kind of crazy, right? Because you don't understand tongues. Most people, unless you have the gift of interpretation of tongues, um, when the body prays in tongues, most people don't understand it, but it is a form of intercession, right? So Paul, Paul is saying that, that if everybody's just praying in tongues, that's not the end game. The end game is that if you pray in tongues, the science of the Holy Ghost begins to unlock the ways of heaven and the prophetic impartation begins to be given to those who pray in the Holy Ghost. Okay? So I'll read this, this 20, verse 21 again. In the law it is written with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Okay? He's talking about the need of an interpretation. And so the Lord, the Lord is talking about the power of knowing Him. How do you know him? Now, this is a touchy subject, but there were guys called Pharisees and Sadducees, lawyers who knew the scripture. Right. Right? But they did not know him. They were confounded by the spiritual way, the science of the Holy Ghost that Jesus functioned in. Right? Jesus is in an argument with, with the Pharisees in John 5. And, and Jesus says, I only do what I see my Father doing. Right. Amen. What are you talking about? We know the Scripture, right? They're saying, we're sons of Abraham. And Jesus is laughing at them. No, Abraham was a visionary. Abraham was saved in a dream. The torch came and made a covenant with Abraham in a dream, right? Yes. And they're saying, we are sons of Abraham because we know what the law says. And Jesus says, no, you missed the whole boat. Point. You missed it all. Right. You're not spiritual. You don't have the vision of the Lord. You don't relate to Him, and He hasn't talked to you. Just because right. you know what the Bible says doesn't mean you know Him. Well, yes. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. And it's necessary to cut this junk off because if you keep in the religious form, that's that. The, the only thing that limits you is not the Holy Ghost. It's the religion that you rely on. It is the dead thing that you rely on that can't produce life because the Holy Ghost I know resurrected Jesus from the grave and said, I will pour out my spirit on you and I will make you just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Jesus was the firstborn son and it says in Romans chapter 8 that all of creation groans for the awakening of the sons of God, the sons of thunder, the ones who walk on the earth in the power of the Holy Ghost, casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead. Amen. I trust in nothing. I don't trust in anything I know. I, don't, I mean, I know the Bible because that's what he taught me in my first five to ten years of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. But as I walk today, I go into nations and cities because the Holy Ghost gave me a vision and said, go here, baptize here, equip these people here, awaken the dead here. I trust the Holy Ghost. I don't search through the scripture as a menu, picking and choosing what I think I am or what I think I'm not. I said, oh my God, my, my, the Lord said, I'm a missionary. I'm a prophet to India. And then he says, no, you're a prophet to Kansas City. And then he says, no, in this season, you're coming to Rochester. Are you with me? Yes. yes. Come on, church. Yes. Because he is here to make you supernatural. And you have to be dedicated in the way of the Spirit. Not condemning yourself, not beating yes. yourself up, not shaming yourself, yes. thinking that you have to earn up and achieve the yes. scripture. Right. Right. Amen. Listen, 
It's very clear biblically. Paul, Paul says, if the, if the law could have saved you, you would not have needed the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? You, have not, you, you would not have need to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus and empowered by the Holy Ghost. But the new covenant requires so much more. It requires a heart given to the spirit. You can't fake being alive in Christ. You can't fake following rules and systems and routines and traditions and all the junk of, of the false the false thing. Right? There's a Christ and there's an antichrist. There is a baptism of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that makes people supernatural and powerful. And then there's a dead thing. You know that one where they sit there, they stand up, they sit down, they sing the doxology, they do a couple rosary beads, they light ten candles, pray to like eight priests. Powerless junk. And the Lord says, I'm simplifying your life. I'm actually rigging it in your favor if you follow the Holy Ghost. Amen? So you have to know the science behind the Holy Ghost, right? Because there is a supernatural way of the Holy Ghost. And so the reference scripture of 1 Corinthians chapter 20 and 21, it points you to the Old Testament scripture in uh, Isaiah 28, 9 to 11. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, okay? He says, to whom will I teach knowledge? And to whom will I make to understand the message? Wasn't that Paul's point? Understanding? Mm -hmm. Right? How will I make you spiritual? How will I make you see in the Spirit? How will I make you equipped with the gifts of the Spirit? Right? So he's setting you up. He's setting in the Old Testament. He's pointing to the coming of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And when he says, to whom will I teach knowledge? It's the word yada. It means intimacy. It means connection. And there's a piece of Yada that actually means seeing spiritually. Amen. So he's saying, how will I equip you to see in the Spirit? Amen. Come on, this is a mainstay scripture for the Pentecostal supernatural church, okay? Isaiah 28, verse 9 to 11. And um, so he's going to teach you. He is going to teach you. That's right. yes. It's not talking about you memorizing scripture. He's talking about you learning a way of sitting and waiting to be imparted. Because if you get imparted something, you go here. When you get imparted a new thing, that season ends, and you go there. When you you get you get in the picture. What if the church really looked like that? What if Sunday was a bygone concept? What if weekly connection and prayer became? And I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm getting excited. But you're getting the picture, right? It's an impartation. It's received. You can't earn and perform and achieve it. That's fleshly. But the Spirit can receive because you're in a relationship as a son or daughter with your father. You've been made alive in the Spirit. And just as the promise to Jeremiah was, I will give you vision. What do you see? I see an almond branch. Good. I'm going to execute it. You're partnering. You're alive in the Spirit. Right? Amen? Amen. My God, I, I mean, it's like, oh my God, people are getting the revelation. I can be supernatural. I don't have to just sit in a pew on Sunday. I mean, this is a little bit different than like traditional religiosity. Right? Amen. Re- religiosity is powerless. It doesn't require a connection. It can be faked very easy. There's probably 50 denominations within 20 miles. 
And I would say very few of them center themselves on the Holy Ghost. Why is, why is America powerless today? Why is there so much poverty and lack and all this junk when they have so many churches? Well, you have to ask the question, is it the anointing? Is it the, uh, the Christ, right? The anointing? Or is it the Antichrist? The fake, the powerless thing? Right. Come on, and that's a personal question too. Right? Am I getting impartation? Am I expecting an impartation? Or am I performing and trying to look the part? Because if you expect an impartation, your life will never be the same. He will use you till you can't be used anymore. To be sent here, to be sent there, to intercede, to pray for people, to set people free. There will never be... You will never be jobless in the Holy Ghost. I don't know anybody who's alive in Christ who doesn't have a job. Are you with me? So, verse 10. For it, it is his prophets, he's asking a question, is it his prophets repeating over and over, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. He's saying, is a guy like me standing in front of you saying, let's go to First John chapter 2. We're just going to read down through here. What do you think that, what do you think that means, Mary? How does it make you feel? Right? <laughs> you know, self-help, all that kind of feel-good stuff. He's talking about, is, is, or is somebody just regurgitating Scripture to you? Right? And he answers, verse 11. That's why I love the Amplified in this version because he gets to the point. He's, he says, no. It's not about repeating Scripture. Here a little, there a little, line upon line. Right? Right? So he answers, no. And that's what the Lord is saying today. No! That's the heart of Father Paul. No! Don't be dead in routines and traditions and scriptural reading and just like that. Empowerless. It can't save. Amen. Go the way of the Holy Ghost. So he says, no. But the Lord will teach you, the rebel, in a more humiliating way. Something that you can't rig. Something that you can't mimic. Something that you cannot imitate and achieve in any other human way. He says, I will teach you personally. You and me, son and daughter, I will talk to you in a way that can't be mimicked. And if you talk to me in the way of my spirit, you will be supernatural. You, you, you will be supernatural. No, I will teach you. I will impart to you by men with a stammering lip and another tongue. Oh my God. What's the vision, Lord? Kabam, right? I will teach you. I will impart to you your answer for the problem you're dealing with. For the situation you're dealing with. For the name of your enemy. Right? For the situation I'm sending you. You know, could he really rig it that Could he make it that simple? Yes, yes, You see, we complicate it. We try to make it ornate like we have these amazing big buildings, right? They look pretty. They attract people. Come on, I'm, I, I might be getting too deep, Pastor. <laughs> you see, if you don't have your eyes open to hate what is false, 
you won't walk away from it. You'll still rely on it. And you'll have an awareness of the Holy Ghost, but you'll still rely and, and look nice and pretty fake like the rest of them. That's no more. <laughs> With a stammering lip and another tongue, I will make you supernatural. I will speak to you just like I spoke to Jeremiah. I will impart my vision to you. I will do things with you that are beyond your inabilities. Amen. Beyond your inabilities. Verse 12, to these unbelieving and hard hearts, he said, this is the true rest in which you shall give to the weary and this is the true refreshing. Amen. Can it be that simple? You see, the, 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 uh, the Hebrew meaning of this, the Hebrew meaning of a stammering lip and another tongue is a picture of a baby crying, okay? When the, Hebrew, when the Hebrews, um, the whole old Hebrew language was more in pictures, okay? And the picture is when a baby cries, does the mama have to say, you know what, I think that baby might be crying, Whew, I better turn on the milk. Or does when the baby cries, does the milk begin to flow? Right? A newborn mama, when you know, she's usually running around with a wet shirt. Right? Because it's not up to the mama. There's a naturally, there's a natural science rigged inside of that mama that when the baby cries, that milk is automatic. Right? And the picture is the father is saying that I have set this up just like your natural childbirth. That if you come to me simple as a child and you pray with a stammering lip and another tongue, the milk will flow to you. It's not if, it will. It will. Well, I don't pray in tongues. I don't know. I just don't see the value in it. I did it a couple times, but... No, I'm teaching you the way of the Spirit. Yes. yes. If you really believe. That's right. You see, if you really believed that the milk, the vision, the impartation, the teaching, the direction, the power was going to come from heaven to you as a son or daughter, you would bow to his way. You would come to him as a child and just go goo goo gaga. Right? Isn't that what it's that that's the description of tongues? I don't know what to say. I don't know even know what to pray for. Right. As I ought. Isn't that a isn't that a New Testament scripture? Yes. yes. Yep. Romans 8 26. Romans 8 26. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Ghost makes intercession for us with groanings that we don't understand. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is and equips you to pray in the perfect will of God. Wait, wait, wait. Is this crowd alive today? My God, it's rigged. You know it's rigged. It's rigged, but you can't get there without being spiritual. Let me repeat that. Romans 8, 26. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. So he just eliminated all your excuses. All your whining. All your crying. All your fear, all your worry, he just wiped it out. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but he makes intercession for us with groanings that we don't understand. Because he who searches the heart, right? You're not praying alone. It's the Holy Ghost praying through you. You're engaging the most powerful force, the one thing that Jesus died and gave up from the cross, right? Amen. He didn't give scripture. He gave the Holy Ghost. Right. Amen. 
Right? right. He gave you the Holy Ghost. Right? Yes. Are you convinced? Yes. Maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm reading a different Bible. Maybe Jesus gave like six more chapters or something else in the Bible that is more supernatural than the Bible we have. Or, or did he only give one thing? He gave one thing. One thing. He gave one thing. He actually made it so simple for you. He gave you one thing. You don't have to be complicated. You don't have to have all the answers. All you have to do is say, oh my God, I know that when I pray, my Father out of heaven, it'll be like not coming to a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little baby. I'm not, I'm not going into prayer. I'm I'm going into prayer. Because it's not my will, it's the will of the Holy Ghost, and He gives you all things. All favor, all authority, all things. Your answer is in the Holy Ghost. Are you getting my are you getting it? Yes. My gosh, I mean, this is such this is the most amazing subject of everything in, in the whole New Testament. In the understanding of why Jesus said, don't leave this city. Don't go. That's what he told him. Don't even try it. You can't do it, Peter. You already tried it. You said, I will not leave you. And then on the night of the crucifixion, you (laughs) My wife's shaking her head at me. Um, But you get the picture. Peter, right? I'll never leave you, Lord. I'll never leave you. I got, I'll, I'll be right beside you in all things, right? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you guys haven't heard any roosters lately, have you? <laughs> Jesus said, Pete. Listen to me, Pete. Don't try. <laughs> Listen to me, Pete. Come on, Pete. Pete. We all know you're chicken. Come on, man. Look around. Everybody, we all know everybody here is chicken without the Holy Ghost. Right. You're a liar. Right. You, think you, have the, you think you have the strength of the power. Right. 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 Look at the person beside you and say, Whoa. <laughs> Don't try to fake it, Pete. Don't try to fake it, Pete. Come on. Don't try to fake it, man. We all know, but I have an answer for you, Pete. Luke, Luke 24 49. Jesus has been resurrected from the grave. He's walking on the earth for 40 days. There's, there's, there's the 11 remaining disciples. And there's hundreds of other believers gathered around him. And he says, don't leave the city until I pour out my spirit upon you and equip you. And my spirit will make you supernatural. And you'll do things that you never could do in your own zeal. You could never do by putting a big cross on your back window of your of your SUV. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where this is coming from. Yes, you do. Come on, Pete. I mean, 
Well, you and I both know, man. Quit trying to play the part. Just go the way of my Holy Ghost. Yeah. Don't leave the city until I send upon you the Holy Ghost. Right? It's the same conversation in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you will be my witness. You will do something that you couldn't do before, Pete. You won't hear roosters crowing. Cock-a-doodle-doo anymore, Pete, because somehow that Holy Ghost will equip you and position you and strengthen you to give your life in a way that you never could before. Even when you heard about me, you even followed me, you even heard me physically talk to you, but when my Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will do things that you never could do before. Don't try to do it. I'm just warning you. Don't try to do it without my Holy Ghost. Yeah, and if you, the, the saddest thing in America is when you look, look around the, the city blocks, you got crosses on front doors all over the place, but you have very few places walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, right. dreaming dreams, seeing visions, and doing supernatural things. That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. Somebody might want to start walking the neighborhood and... You know, saying, hey, man, let's get this chicken spirit out of this neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, Holy Ghost. Just an idea. Just an idea. You get the picture, though, right? Yeah. It's absolutely rigged. It is so rigged in your favor, it's not even funny. But the question is, will you let him make you something that you could never make in your own? Will you submit to the science? about the science it's about the science of the holy ghost right it's about the way of the spirit i taught you something that 99 percent of places you will never hear i taught you something about how simple the lord makes the holy ghost to you he wants to give it to you he wants to equip you equip you to pray and trust in his language to actually draw the voice of the father Right? I feel this fear come on me. I feel this oppression come on me. And this, I mean, when I go places, I go to other nations and different things. Listen, you think it's all fun and roses? I had to learn how to pray. I had to learn that whenever the fear comes and whenever the oppression comes, whenever a demonic prince comes and begins to try to intimidate me, that I'm not going to bow down because I know the way of the Holy Ghost and I just get on my knees and I start, key man, no, no, both. Come on, Lord, give me the name of my enemy. I want the head of that thing that's trying to intimidate me. I want to cut off the head of Goliath. I want to set Rochester free. I want to set uh, Vijuwada, India free. I want to baptize a thousand pastors this week in the Holy Ghost, Lord. I want to see entire churches transformed from being, being dead religious guys with a cross on their door to people that say, oh my God, it's the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm changed. I'm new. I see visions and dreams. And somehow I can't be stopped. I can't stop laughing. I can't stop expecting. I can't stop hoping because I know in every situation the darkness doesn't rule me. The darkness doesn't rule me because I know the one who speaks light into the darkness. And if I get a vision, that light overpowers whatever I face. What if? What if? That's what that book, Wisdom Through Warriors, is about. It's about the awakening of the army of the Lord. Okay? And let me finish with this and then we'll start to pray. Whenever I was writing that book, um, the Lord dropped that in me. I mean, I've been doing that whole concept for probably the last seven or eight years. But the Lord dropped that vision in me about piecing that book together about Holy Spirit reliance. 
and the awakening of his army in this hour for a reason, right? I mean, back in 2005, when I was first baptized in the Holy Ghost, the prophecy spoken over me was that you are a Gideon. You've been hiding in a wine cellar, shaking in fear, that the Lord's going to anoint you to awaken the army of the Lord. And I've been sitting on that prophecy for over 15, well, 17 years now. And just in October, the Lord drops this book in my heart, and I start to write, and this book comes out. In like six weeks, the whole book, like it's all about the Holy Ghost and you being made supernatural by the Holy Ghost. Right, and so my my uh, two younger kids are in ministry school out in California, and uh, we were out there for Thanksgiving, and I'm sitting in the prayer room in my morning prayer by myself, minding my own business, and there's there's probably about ten other people in this prayer room at uh, Bethel and Ready, and uh, this guy um, this guy walks up to me, he's from the Philippines, and he says, I don't know if this means anything to you, but the Lord said to tell you this, Gideon. It's time to awaken the army of the Lord. It's one thing to get a prophecy and begin to believe it and begin to work on it and begin to expect the Lord to do it. But when the Lord starts sending people to tell you that it's time, I'm going to tell you, church, that it's time. It's time for you to shed all the junk. It's time for you to let go of all the religious dead routines and center your church, center your family, center everything around the prayer life of spiritual warriors who believe in the supernatural, that the Lord is with them. He would never leave you or forsake you. He will speak to you, and it will be just like a baby crying in their hour of need, that they need fed, they need the answer. And if you pray, that he will give you visions and dreams, that when you release it, it releases heaven on earth. And just one thing I'll finish with this in, you know, when when the Lord is teaching Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah says, I see an almond branch. And the Lord says, good, I'm going to execute what I give you in vision. The Lord actually is teaching you spiritual warfare in the same manner in the New Testament. And we'll finish with this scripture, Ephesians 6.10. You guys all know this, right? You're spiritual warriors, right? Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Okay? The word strong there is the word dunamis. It means supernatural. Be super, he's saying be supernatural. Yeah. Right? But there's two other words there that are very important for you to understand. Okay? The word kratos is the, is the power of His spoken word. What He is speaking to you now is, is the word kratos. Okay? Kratos is, is, is made up of a couple different things. It's actually when the, back in Genesis chapter 1, when the Lord speaks into the darkness and the darkness has no answer for it, it can't stop it. The light overpowers the darkness. That Kratos means all authority, all ability, all magnifying, all supernatural. The devil and the, and the darkness of the world has no answer for what the direct voice of God speaks. It's called Kratos' power. And the third, the third element of the scripture is um, the word power. When, when he says in the power of his might, the word power there is the word iskis. Okay, the Greek word iskis. It actually means the believer's voice when speaking the word of the Lord, the Kratos power. He's saying prophesy. He's saying get the vision of the Lord and prophesy. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. For we do not war against flesh and blood, right? But we war against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Be strong in the Lord. Right. You got people memorizing scripture and just regurgitating scripture. On, yeah. And the Lord's saying, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a nice thing you're doing. 
But I'm telling you, the way of the Holy Ghost is you can't circumvent the supernatural power of the Spirit. There's no substitute for it. Because I have the specific answer you need in this hour. You can't pick and choose. I'm going to do Psalm 91, and then I'm going to do Psalm 23, and then I'm going to just repeating these, and it's going to get better. And the Lord says, if you come to me, be strong in me. Yes. Be strong in the living God. Be strong in me. Be strong in the Lord. Become supernatural. Do in His power. Become strong in His vision. In the power of His might. Releasing His vision into your situation. Iscus. I just taught you prophecy. I just taught you the power of the prophetic. Okay? And why the prophetic is supposed to be the centerpiece of gathering the body and intercession. Right? Prophetic ministry, prophetic deliverance, prophetic equipping. Because it's the will of the Lord to know the hearts of every person, to equip them and empower them, position them, send them, not keep them confound inside the walls, but ultimately that you become an army and are sent. Right? Because you know how to pray, you know how to hear, get visions, and speak. It's just power. Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Make me your end time warrior. I'm going to cry like a baby. I want tongues and interpretation of tongues. I want the answer when I pray. I want to pray in tongues and get visions. And I want to invade dark places. Make me a warrior, Jesus. Make me your warrior. I'm willing to walk away from the dead junk, from the, dead junk. The, lies. the lies and the places, and the places. Where, there is no power. where there is no power and my life is being simplified, is being simplified. to trust in the one thing the one that, promises that promises impartation for sons and daughters, sons and daughters. Who, cry out who cry out in your supernatural language, your supernatural language. Equip, me equip me with hunger and thirst to pray without ceasing I want to be bold like Paul. To stand up in places. To say, I pray in tongues more than you all. I wish you all prayed in tongues. Even more than you prophesied. Because you're called to be an army. You're called to be awakened. And this is what the Lord is saying to you. Are you with me, church? My God. Connected to the Father's voice, right? A lot of messages stop at the cross on the backside of the cross, talking about sin and all the bad junk of humanity. But the true power of the cross doesn't stop at the junk of humanity. It stops at making you supernatural, baptizing you in the Holy Ghost, and making you something that you couldn't be on your own. Destiny, purpose, invasion. Amen. Destiny, purpose, and invasion. Amen. 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 My God. I mean, what would Rochester really look like? If you gathered every day and said, All right, Holy Ghost, where are you sending us today? Who are we praying for today? What are we doing for today? Yeah, that crowd that gathers on Sunday morning, we're not really worried about entertaining them too much. We're more concerned about equipping the army of the Lord. You know what we're going to do? We've got 20 prophetic people that see the vision of the Lord and we're going to let the Lord begin to identify our crowd. Wait, isn't that in the Bible? Wait, 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 wait. I think I think I may have read that. 
It's somewhere in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 23 and 24. It says, but if Paul prophesies and an unbeliever walks into the room and they start reading his mail, they start saying, you look broken. You're shaking in fear. You're tormented by demonic powers. But the Lord says, this is who you are. That's what it says, right? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 23 and 24. But of all prophesy. Isn't that the goal of prayer? Yes. Isn't that the goal of spiritual equipping that I equip you to pray in tongues and you see visions and you pray and prophesy? Yes. And when unbelievers come in, the prophets, I'm not talking called prophets, I'm talking 1 Corinthians chapter 12, gifts of the Spirit, right? What are they? The gifts of the Spirit, you pray in tongues, prophesy, or the gift of prophecy, faith, wisdom, word of knowledge, interpretation of tongues, healing, working of miracles. Well, guess what? That's not... The, Ephesians chapter 4 are the callings of Christ. Apostle, prophet, right? Evangelist, pastor, teacher. Those are set people that Christ calls they are the gift, right? But the body is to be equipped in the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, words of knowledge. The pastor's not the only one that prays. In fact, the body intercedes and knows because you are the army. Yes. You're not called to sit in that pew because you got this guy entertaining you. Woo! What dance is you gonna do today? Woo! You know, oh, I hope the pastor has a good message today. Woo! Woo! Hope he's entertaining today. That was a good one. Make you feel good. No, no, no. The army. The, the people sitting in the chairs is the army. And so as I stand in the pulpit as a called man of Christ. My purpose and vision is not to entertain you. My purpose and vision is to rally you. Come on, what's, what's the Lord saying to you today in intercession? What's the Lord saying to you today in intercession? Oh, you have a word for that new person coming in? Come here, new person. What are you saying? Kabam! Somebody gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. Come on, man. The Lord is giving you vision. He has given you a reformation. This is a reformation. Yes. Okay? If you look like them with a cross on your door and your goal is to sit in a pew hoping that our good pastor has a great message for you. That I get entertained and feel good today. But if I come in and I expect the general that the Lord has put in this place and that general says, I got... Uh, a battalion over here. I have a whole different perspective of coming together in the body of Christ because the body is the weapon. The body is the weapon. I'm trying to preach to somebody. The body is the weapon. talked about the coming of Christ 
when the bride is perfected. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And we talk about, oh my God, it's getting so bad. I hope he comes back. And Jesus is looking back and saying, I want my equipped bride with snipers and special forces and all this thing because the bride, the body, matches the head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have the same mentality because you have his vision. Amen. My God, I, I mean, I wish I could get somebody excited. You, if you knew that you could match the head by getting his vision, then you would center your life around praying in the Holy Ghost and getting the vision of the King, the King of Glory who wants to come in. There's a lot of people that talk about the King of Glory coming in and they don't know the vision of what the King is saying in the hour and therefore it's just a... Um, you know, dead stuff. No. Right. Right. None of that. But when the body comes together, mm-hmm. all seeing visions and dreams, mm-hmm. and a new person comes in through the room, and Sister Nancy and Carol and Peggy Sue and Leticia and whoever gets a vision of the Lord, when the body matches the head, you cannot be stopped because you're connected to the King of Glory. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.